Welcome to Light Words with Pastor Scott Huffman from Lighthouse Church Ministries. Today's message is the God who can and will. Now today I want to share about the fact that God is not only able, but willing to bring his promises to pass in our lives. First, here's Casey to share a few quick words Quick words with you, Casey. Go ahead. Yeah, um, just two things that were on my heart to share. First, um, I just wanted to... Just to remind you, well, first of all, I'm glad you're here and you turned it, tuned in and you Amen. to share and watch and um, keep listening to the broadcast and commenting. Um, but two things that were on my Just heart. Stop for a minute. Yeah. The Lord, show me, those of you that are listening to this broadcast, you're growing the things of God, yeah. aren't you? Yeah. Come on, let us know about that. I know you are. God's given us a gift to uh, reach people with the word of God, to increase them in the knowledge of God and to grow in the things of God and build them in the body of Christ. So keep listening. Faith comes by hearing, hearing by the word of God. Yeah, I agree. I agree. Um, So two things I just wanted to um, remind you that um, I don't know why I just was this was um, on my heart to share that um, the Bible promises and Jesus promised that you're never alone, that he's always with you. He'll never leave you or forsake you, no matter where you are. He's always with you. Amen. Good word. I was just wanted to remind you that. And two, this is cool. Um, there's a gentleman that gives to or who has given to our brother Mike. He's on Instagram. Yeah, I didn't want to say her name, but um, <laughs> I just wanted to. I know it encouraged me and it blessed our family just hearing your testimony of you gave and the Lord just has been richly blessing you. And I think that's just a good testimony of just giving and also just ultimately trusting the Lord um, in that area. And it's not amount, the amount, but it's the um, that you're doing it. It's the act and the faith. And I really believe, Mike, it. you're going to prosper more at the end of I your agree. life than your beginning. Yeah. And God is going to reward your giving. And we are so grateful and thankful that we are back together again, that we're working together as a team. And guys, get in on the giving. I agree. Okay. It, you know, it doesn't matter how much you give, but the fact that you give and you're making a sacrifice, God will not only see it, but he will reward it. Yeah. Amen. And God is a rewarder of those that diligently seek him. Amen. Yeah. God likes to reward his people. It's fun to watch the Lord and how he works when he gives back. Cause sometimes it's so funny that like, you're like, Oh Lord, only you could have done that. So, um, I love seeing that side of the Lord too. And then, um, I'm wearing the shirt. It says, um, crew team but on the back. This is pretty cool guys. It Can everybody see that on the, the broadcast? <laughs> hello world. Hello. Hello USA. So if you're interested in getting a shirt, just uh, message us. Yeah. And uh, make a donation. We'll send you a shirt or how many shirts you want. Praise God. And God will bless you. And uh, these beautiful flowers here, I don't know if you see them on the broadcast. They're from Oliver in England right? for Casey's birthday. Yeah. And we uh, rejoice you, in her birthday and give thanks. She's 35 now. Praise yeah. God. 30, yeah, 35 All right. and young. <clears throat> no matter where you are, yeah. you're receiving the word of God today and you're being blessed. That's Amen. Right. But I want to tell you, if you want to give to, just remember Venmo at LN Lighthouse or PayPal.me slash LN Lighthouse. Right. Yeah. Let's do it. Okay. Praise God. Give and it shall be given unto you. Good measure, pressed down, shaken together, running over, shall men give into your bosom. The measure you give, it will be given back to you. Who said that? Jesus of Nazareth. Yeah. All right. Praise God. And uh, you're more blessed in life when you give than when you receive. Giving is what life's all about. Amen. For God so loved the world that he gave his only begotten son, that whoever believes in him would not perish, but have everlasting life. So let's pray. Lord, we thank you and praise you for this broadcast. We thank you for every person viewing and listening to the word of God and seeing forth the truth of your word. Lord, we pray that you would anoint this broadcast. You would touch every life, that they would be strengthened in the kingdom of God, we pray in Jesus name. Amen. 
Hallelujah. You know, so many times we think as believers God is able, but we question, is he willing to help us personally, to save us, to deliver us and heal us? Have you ever asked that question? If you're honest, I think you'll say yes. We say or think he might help others, but maybe not me this time. Let's look at an interesting story concerning Jesus and a leper. Now, lepers were the outcasts of society. They would be like today's homeless people, sadly to say. But even worse, in the biblical sense, leprosy was described as a swelling of the skin with crusty, bloody, and whitish patches and sores. Loss of limb and facial parts were readily evidenced. Leprosy sufferers had to leave their homes and families and live together with other sufferers on the outskirts of the town or city. They would have to scavenge for food. They were forbidden to have any contact with people who did not have the disease. And they had to ring a bell and shout, unclean, unclean, if anyone approached them. Because in that time, they believed it was contagious. Now, there's still leprosy around today, not very popular. Doesn't, you don't see it too often. But really, it is not really a contagious disease, they've determined. But anyway, at the time, this is what they believed. Most people felt that these lepers were despicable and to be avoided at all costs. Leprosy in the Bible is a spiritual type of sin. Did you know that? And its effect upon humanity. And we've certainly seen the effects of sin upon humanity. Now let's read Matthew chapter 8, verses 1 through 3. This is right after Jesus spoke his tremendous sermon, the Sermon on the Mount. And we've been to that site where he preached that message. Praise God. In Israel, at the Sea of Galilee. When he came down from the mountain, great multitudes followed him. And behold, a leopard came and worshipped him, saying, Lord, if you are willing, you can make me clean. Then Jesus put out his hand and touched him, saying, I am willing. Be cleansed. Immediately his leprosy was cleansed. Praise God. This is the first miracle recorded in the book of Matthew. It wasn't the first miracle Jesus ever performed. The first miracle was he turned water into wine at Cana at the wedding reception. But uh, here we see the first one recorded in Matthew's gospel. And it's the healing of the leper. Notice when the leper came to Jesus, what was the first thing he did, you Bible students? Worship. He fell down and he worshipped the Lord. You shall worship the Lord your God, and him only shall you serve. We only worship God. Guess what? Jesus is God. For those of you that might not believe that. The, the deity of Jesus Christ. He is God manifested in the flesh. The Son of God. And so the leper worshipped him. And he said, you know... Uh, Lord, if you're willing, you can make me whole. And a lot of people in their life pray that prayer. Lord, if you're willing, you could heal me. You could turn my situation around. You could help me. You could save me. You could deliver me. Uh, but many times we not, we're not sure if he will do it. We know he's able, but we don't know for sure if he will abs absolutely do it. In this case, Jesus didn't turn away from the leprous man, but rather reached out to him, and he asked him a provocative question. Do you want to be healed? <laughs> Have you ever thought about that? Go to the doctor and the doctor says, do you want to be healed? <laughs> well, of course, that's why I'm here. <laughs> but it's funny. Some people are satisfied in their condition with their sickness, with their terrible circumstance. And they've learned to just kind of tolerate it and put up with it. And uh, this was not what Jesus was doing here. He was asking him a provocative questions. Do you really want to be healed? Or do you want to stay in the condition you are at? And so many people learn to accept their bad situations and circumstances. But you don't have to. Amen? Jesus said you don't have to. 
Jesus knew this, and, he, and the book of James says you have not because you ask not. So we need to ask, amen, according to God's will. Jesus interrupted this man's world and gave him an opportunity for healing and deliverance. And he reached out and healed the leper, and he was made white as snow. Mm-hmm. Praise God. We've all struggled with this theological question, is it God's will to heal our bodies and minds? You know, we were camping in Kings Canyon years ago, not far from where we were just in the Sequoia National Park, and uh, we were sitting around a campfire. By the way, my Sequoia mini-series will be this week. I said it would be last week, but it's going to be this week. Check it out. It's beautiful up there. But we were sitting around the campfire at this particular time years ago, and the question came up around these Christian families. Is it God's will to heal us? And I had been struggling with this, as many of us do. Is it God's will to always heal? And we, we read Psalm 103, 1 through 3. Let's read that. Yeah. Bless the Lord, O my soul, and all that is within me. Bless his holy name. Bless the Lord, O my soul, and forget not all of his benefits, who forgives all your iniquities, who heals all your diseases. The psalmist says he daily loads us with benefits. God wants to benefit your life. Why a person wouldn't want to love for God, I don't get it. Because God will benefit their life. Bless the Lord, O my soul, and forget not all of his benefits, who forgives some of your iniquities. No, he forgives all of your iniquities and he heals all your diseases. And it just blew up in me right there and I realized it is God's will to heal the sick. Now, you say, Pastor, does everybody get healed? No. And that's a question that can only be answered in heaven. And uh, we can't lie and say not everybody gets healed, but it's God's general will to heal the sick. And when we get sick, we pray for healing, and we believe God for healing, that with his stripes, we're healed. Just like, does God save everybody? No, not everybody gets saved, but it's his will. God is not willing that any should perish, but all should come to repentance. So we keep a balance, but we believe in the word of God that it's God's will for you to be healed. And to stand on that healing, Jesus said, whoever should say to this mountain, be removed, be cast in the sea, and I doubt in his heart. Please those things which he says shall come to pass. He or she shall have whatever they say. Jesus said, speak to the mountain, speak to the sickness, and make it move in your life. Remove it out of your life in Jesus' name. Hallelujah. He gave us the principle, whatever things you desire when you pray, believe that you receive them first, and then you'll receive them. These are the words of Jesus, the words in red in your New Testament. All we need to do is ask and believe. Jesus said all things were possible to those who believe, and nothing is impossible with God. Hallelujah. Praise God. It's interesting. The next event that took place is where Jesus heals the Roman centurion, centurion, his servant, excuse me. In the case of the leper, the leper wasn't sure if Jesus would heal him, but the centurion was fully convinced. And remember, he was a, quote, pagan. He was a Gentile. But he'd heard about Jesus, and he came to Jesus and asked Jesus to heal his servant, who probably was more like a son. Let's read the story, Matthew 8, 1 through 10. We'll, I'm going to break it up here a little bit. Um, it really starts at 5. So Oh, it starts at 5. Sorry. When Jesus had entered the centurion, as, oh, sorry. When Jesus had entered Capernaum, a centurion came to him, pleading with him, saying, Lord, my servant is laying at home paralyzed, dreading dreading and tormented. And Jesus said to him, I will come and heal him. The centurion answered and said, Lord, I am not worthy that you should come under my roof, but only speak a word and my servant will be healed. I love that. Speak the word. Me too. 
and my servant will be healed. We're to speak the word, guys. Say, Jesus, I'm going to speak the word over my life and over the lives of my family and friends. Speak the word of healing. Speak the word of deliverance. Amen. Praise God. But only speak a word. For I also am a man under authority, having soldiers under me. And I said to this one, go, and he goes, and to another, come, and he comes. And to my servant, do this, and he does it. When Jesus heard it, he marveled and said to those who followed, Assuredly, I say to you, I have not found such great faith, not even in Israel. Stop right there. Never seen such great faith, not even in Israel, not amongst the Jews. This was a Roman, a Gentile, and he had great faith. And God honors faith. He looks for people that have faith. He is drawn to people that believe the word of God and the promises of God and the truth of the word. And they stand on it. And faith pleases God. And without faith, it's impossible to please God. So God wants us to be believers, not doubters. Amen? And he was impressed. Jesus was impressed by this man's great faith. And the fact that he said, Jesus, just speak the word. I'm not worthy for you to come to my house. And Jesus said, just as you have spoken, get that, just as you've spoken, your servant is healed right now. Mm. <laughs> Hallelujah. Praise God. <clears throat> now, oh, by the way, faith releases the power of God to heal and deliver us, right? And faith activates prayer, and prayer rewards our faith. Isn't that great? Praise God. Let's take a look at the Old Testament. Two great stories that occurred concerning the God who is able and willing. Everybody say that. The God who is able and willing to perform. Let's go to the book of Daniel, shall we? It's a prophetic book, meaning it speaks about the future. And probably one of the most impactful prophetic books in the Bible. The only other one would be the book of Revelation, right? But in the Old Testament... Daniel, who was called Beloved of the Lord, he was a special man, and God touched him greatly. He was given the privilege to see into the future through a spyglass, and he was able to see through time. You know, they say now that we can look through this new telescope. Somebody give me the name. I can't think of it right now. It's what's it called? The James Webb Telescope. And we can look back to the beginning of time. Isn't that amazing? To the creation when God said, when God spoke the word, let there be light. And there was light. Amen. So we see Daniel looking into the future now and seeing what's going to occur in the latter days. The time we're living in, guys, that gives me chills. And he saw the return of the Lord. He talked about it in his book. He wrote it down. And the revealing of the Antichrist, the son of perdition that would come at the, right before the return of Jesus Christ. And uh, he would proclaim himself God in the temple, the Jewish temple and um, would ultimately be destroyed, and Christ would return. But prior to that will be the rapture of the church, and we as believers will be gone in the moment that Twiggy and I will be caught up to be with the Lord. So shall we ever be with the Lord. Daniel spoke about this. He also talked about this coming revival. I caught this, just a little glimpse, but I think it's from the Lord. Daniel 11.32, okay, perk up your ears. Okay. Um. Those who do wickedly against the covenant, he shall corrupt with flattery. But the people who know their God shall be strong and should carry out great exploits. That's what's going to happen in this coming revival. The people that know their God shall do great exploits. Great feats of power will be accomplished in this coming revival through men and women who believe God. Ordinary people 
the power of God will be manifested as this outpouring of the Holy Spirit's coming. And Daniel talked about that in the latter days. Now, the Jews have been taken ex into exile in the land of Babylon, as Jeremiah the prophet had predicted. He said, because you've forsaken the Lord your God for 70 years, you're going into captivity. The Bible says, there we sat by the rivers of Babylon, and we hung our harps on the willow trees, and we sang the songs of Zion, and we wept. How sad it was. The Jews went into exile and captivity, into slavery. And they were forced to serve the Babylonians and King Nebuchadnezzar, who was one of the greatest kings ever. And they were also being forced to worship their pagan gods and the king himself. Nebuchadnezzar set up a golden edifice of himself for the purpose of worship and service. If they refused the penalty, they'd be thrown into a fiery furnace to be burned to death. The king heard of these three Jews in his service, who God had promoted, and they had refused to bow down to the golden image. You see, God will promote the righteous. God will bring success into your life when you serve him. Biblical success, and God will promote you. Hallelujah. Well, when the king heard about this, he was irate, and he was furious at their defiance. And he threw them into the fiery furnace, just as he said he would do. Let's look at Daniel three twenty through 25. And he commanded certain mighty men of valor who were in his army to bind Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego and cast them into the fire, burning fiery furnace. And you but know, when he threw them into the fire, when they did, the men burned up, throwing these three, Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego, into the fiery furnace. You know, fire is extremely uh, hot. <laughs> and it burned these guys just putting them in it. Go ahead. Then these men were bound in their coats, their trousers and their turbans and their other garments and were cast in the midst of the burning fiery furnace. Therefore, because the king's command was urgent and the furnace exceedingly hot, the flame of the fire killed those men who took up Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego. Right, let's stop there. So we just mentioned those men were killed, throwing them in the fire. And uh, the men, Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego, go into the furnace. We'll just move ahead here. And uh, they looked through, there was a little window, and they were able to see through the window the king, and there were the three men, Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego, walking around in there. And then the king said, I think I see a fourth man. <laughs> Who's the fourth man? <laughs> Jesus, hallelujah, appearing in human form. And they're talking, and they're walking around in this fiery furnace. And they were completely untouched unscathed they didn't have the smell of smoke on them when they came out of the furnace god had incredibly delivered them notice what they said can you read the part where they spoke and said about it? he said they said god our god will deliver us but even if he doesn't deliver us we're not going to serve your gods there was an album cover in the 70s by a prophetic singer named keith green sadly he passed away in a plane crash at age 28 his ministry was called Last Day Ministries. God was using him, but took him home early in his life. And he had an album cover in Babylon. It showed a picture there. And there you see these people, Jews, worshiping this golden calf. Or I don't know if they were all Jews, but people bowing down before this, not golden calf, excuse me, this golden image. And you see this one guy halfway up, kind of on his knees, with his hands up kind of sheepishly like this. And then you see a guy right next to him, standing fully erect, standing up strong, 
not and refusing to compromise, but to only worship God and Him alone. And the name of the album cover was No Compromise. And I want to tell you guys prophetically, there's a lot of people compromising today in your faith with Christ. You're not walking in the way that God tells you to walk. And because of your compromise, it's limiting you. You're limiting the God of Israel in your life because you're not fully surrendering to him. And we don't want to make compromise, guys. We want to fully surrender to the Lord. When you give up it all, you get it all back. You know, he that saves his life will lose it. But he that loses his life, Jesus said, for my sake, will save it. And it will come back to you over and over a hundredfold. And so we don't want to compromise. And there are people in the scripture and people today that have not compromised. They're standing firm. And God is hearing their prayer, seeing their stance. And he's going to move powerfully in the earth. Praise God. Now, we move on to the next great story about Daniel himself. And Daniel was loved of the Lord, as I mentioned, the beloved of the Lord. That was his title. And he was greatly promoted in the kingdom. No big surprise. When you serve God, you're going to get promoted at your job, your work, your business. God's going to bless your family life, your marriage. When you just seek the Lord first, he blesses all facets of your life. The blessing of the Lord maketh rich, and he has no sorrow with it. All these blessings will come upon you and overtake you, the Bible says, when you serve the Lord your God fully. Well, Daniel refused to worship um, this edifice of the king. Once again, we have a new king that's arose in Babylon. His name was Darius. And Darius loved Daniel and promoted Daniel to the highest place of service under him. But there was jealousy, you know, where there's, there's jealousy and envy. There's confusion and every evil thing. We've seen this operate in the church. And so because of their jealousy over Daniel, these wicked men that served the king came up with a decree and they said, if, if a man does not bow down to you, king, uh, we're going to uh, have him executed. But it was a plot to destroy Daniel because they knew he was a devout Jew and he wouldn't worship their pagan gods. But they caught him worshiping the Lord. He had his window open and he's praying three times a day. Oh, God, I love you, God. I worship you, God, uh, the God of Israel. Abraham, Isaac, and Jacob, and he was very vocal, and everybody could hear it. You see, when you're publicly heard praying and speaking forth the word of God, God's going to answer those prayers much more readily. If you hide it behind closed doors, it's, it doesn't mean much. But get it out in the public. That's where it really works for you, I'll tell you right now. So, of course, these people came to the king and said, Hey, king, he's worshiping the God of Israel. He's not worshiping you. You've got to follow your decree. He's got to go to the lion's den or the lion's bed. And the king was greatly troubled and upset, didn't want to do it. And, uh, you know, there was another guy that didn't want to do it. What was that? Do you remember when John the Baptist lost his head? Herod didn't want to do it. A lot of people find great respect in men of God and women of God, people that serve the Lord, they may not, but they see the truth in their lives, and they respect it. And so he had to do it because he was king. So they put Daniel in there with the kitty, the big kitty, the kitties, mm-hmm. the lions. And uh, let's take a look at that. Verse 23. Well, actually, let's go 16 and 17, chapter okay. 7, and then we'll go to 23. I'm sorry, it's chapter 6. 
My fault. Roll it back. (laughs) Chapter 6. I don't know why I had chapter 7 on my mind. Seven's God's perfect number. Now let's try again. Chapter 6, verse 16 and 17. Thank you. So the king gave the command, and they they brought Daniel and cast him into the den of the lions. But the king spoke, saying to Daniel, Your God, whom you serve continually, he will deliver you. Then a stone was brought and laid on the mouth of the den, and the king sealed it with his signet ring, and with the signet of his lords, and the purpose concerning Daniel might not be. let's stop there. So... The king puts him in the lion's den. They seal it up. And he said, but your God will deliver you. Yeah. Mm-hmm. He knew it. The yeah. king had faith. The God who's able, the God who's willing and able. Mm-hmm. And he knew that, that Daniel would be protected. Now look at verse 23. Now the king was exceedingly glad for him and commanded that they should take Daniel up out of the den. So Daniel was taken up out of the den and no injury, whatever, was found on him because he believed in his God. He believed in his God. Yeah. That's the difference. That makes all the difference when you believe in your God. All right. Let's look at four truths before we close here concerning uh, this truth that God is uh, able and willing to move in your life and deliver you and heal you. Number one, God is always faithful to his word in our lives know that numbers twenty three nineteen. god is not a man that he should lie nor a son of man that he should repent has he said it and will he not do it or has he spoken it and he will not make it good will he not bring it to pass hallelujah and then isaiah forty six eleven. calling a bird of prey from the east the man who it executes my counsel from a far country indeed i've spoken it i will also bring it to pass i've purposed it and i will also do it Okay, I've spoken it, I'll bring it to pass. I've purposed it. And God will honor his word. That's why we are people of the word, guys. The word works mightily in us. But we must be people of the word. If you abide in me and my words abide in you, Jesus said, ask whatever you will, and it'll be done. Number two, we must believe the word of the Lord concerning healing, deliverance, and blessing toward us. Romans 4.17 as it is written, I have made you a father of many nations in the presence of him who he has believed, God, who gives life to the dead and calls those things which do not exist as though they did. Calls those things that don't exist as though they do. If you've got something in your life that isn't right, begin to call it right in Jesus' name. Mm-hmm. Begin to speak to that thing, whatever it is. If it's a physical infirmity, an issue in your life, a, a, a relationship issue, whatever it is, begin to speak to it. And call those things that be not as though they are. Let's look at Romans ten eight and nine. But whatever, but what does it say? The word is near you, in your mouth and in your heart. That is the word of faith which we preach. That if you confess with your mouth that the Lord Jesus believe in your heart that God has raised him from the dead, you will be saved. For with the heart one believes unto righteousness, and with the mouth confession is made unto salvation. So the word is nigh thee, even in thy mouth and in thy heart. That's what God spoke to Joshua. He said, don't let this word depart out of your mouth or out of your heart, but meditate upon it day and night, for then you will be successful and find great success in your life. And so it is important that we speak forth the word of God. Now, number three, we speak the truth of the word of God and his promises over our life. Second Corinthians 4.13, we have believed, therefore we speak. We quote that all the time. Faith and speech go together. We believe and then we speak. Amen. Jesus said, speak to the mountain. Believe and speak. Number four, give praise unto God for his miraculous provision of healing, deliverance, and blessing in your life. 
Let's go to Chronicles 16, 34, 35. Oh, give thanks to the Lord, for he is good, for his mercy endures forever. And say, save us, O God of our salvation. Gather us together and deliver us from the Gentiles to give thanks to your holy name, to triumph in your praise. So give thanks to the Lord, for his mercy endures forever. Really, that word is his goodness endures forever. God is good. Everybody say that. God is good. God is good, and he wants to bring about good results in your life. But you must believe the truth of his word. And the fact that he desires good in your life, goodness in your life. Let's pray together, shall we? Lord, we thank you and praise you for this broadcast. We thank you for the multitudes listening. We pray now for the lost, those that don't know Christ. And uh, you've never received Jesus today. You've never been born again. Jesus said you must. He didn't say you could, you might. You must be born again to enter the kingdom of God. If that's you, pray this prayer. The Holy Spirit speaking to you right now. And there's, there's many of you there in Africa in India, that are hearing the word of the Lord, you need to come to Christ to be born again. Pray this prayer. Lord Jesus, I ask you to come into my life. Forgive me for my sins. Uh, Be my personal Lord and Savior. I invite you to come in and change my life. I turn from my sin and I turn to you. Bless my life, Lord Jesus, as I worship you and follow you and read and meditate your word of God, the word of God. I love you and praise you now. In your precious name, I pray. And you believers, you're Christians, you've slipped away, you've backslidden you're not walking with christ you need to come back you need to repent and change make a change and come back to the lord he's always willing to receive you now is the time to do it today is the day of salvation return to the lord and he'll return to you pray this prayer lord jesus i'm a christian but i've slipped away i want to come close again draw near to me as i draw near to you and i'll rejoice and praise you the rest of the days of my life and worship you and live for you in your name i pray Amen. Watch us live every Sunday at 10.30 a.m. Pacific Standard Time on Facebook and Instagram. Find us at lnlighthouse.org. Blessings. See you next week.